Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Eric Hulkerin, and time for another episode of Behind the Headlines. Fall is here, and we are enjoying the weather here in Michigan. So we thought it would be a great time to bring Emily Bingham from the Lifestyle and Culture team on to give you some of her insight into where to go to see those fall colors. There's these tamarack bogs that you can hike out to on boardwalk trails, and I don't know if you're familiar with tamarack trees, but they turn this glorious color of like burnt gold uh in autumn and it's just different than we think of when we think of that like quintessential postcard sweeping overlook with the maple trees in the fall so let's get ready for a road trip gas up the car and get emily bingham on the show so she can tell us where to go my co-host as always john heiner john how are you this week Eric, if I had a tail, I'd wag it. I'm in such a good mood, I tell you. How many of those have you written down? Like, it's, there's no end to these crazy intros, friend. Hey, man, I, I realize that I often say things that make you think I was born in the 20s or something. But I just went, I just got back from five days up north over Labor Day weekend, and it was the bee's knees, man. Nice, yes. Yeah, it see, we're going to talk about fall color, see? <laughs> but no. I uh, just got back from up north, and what did I not see up north, Eric? People wearing masks. Okay, fair enough. I was—I didn't know where we were going with that. <laughs> but what I did see is the beginning of some fall color. Um, I was on some golf courses, so forth, and you look back and you go, "Hey, that tree's you know turning orange." And so it's a reminder—you know, it's bittersweet, but we're getting to the end of a great summer. But also, we're coming into what many think is the best season in Michigan, uh, fall season and, you know, pumpkin spice and, and, uh, corn mazes and of course color tours. Um, and one of the, you know, the only upsides of COVID this summer and it's COVID has of course colored so many of our podcasts, but one of the upsides is people have gotten outside and it's one of the few things everybody can kind of do. And between, you know, kayaking or playing golf or, hiking, biking, all that stuff. I think more and more people have gotten outdoors in Michigan and done more things. So this could be really a banner fall. And last week we had Mark Torgrosa on and uh, very interesting podcast. We'll leave it at that. I think people should go back and listen to it. But, sure. Um, one thing that he was talking about is the conditions are pretty ripe this year too for optimal fall color. Uh, we're getting some cold mornings um, and the weather systems have been such with moisture and so forth that he's thinking that this is going to be a, a really good fall for fall color. So I would like to welcome our first two-time guest on Behind the Headlines, uh, Emily Bingham, a writer for our Life and Culture team. Good morning, Emily, and welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. So Emily joined us in June to talk about how we got here, which is our Emmy-winning news video series and Emily was our on-camera host for that and scriptwriter, and she did an amazing job um, and but Emily in her day job um, when we're not we're in her she's very versatile but in her day job she writes for our life and culture team and she writes about all things Michigan travel destination um, the great 
you know, the great hidden things in Michigan that people should get out and experience uh, recreational activities. Um, and so she's the per perfect person uh, to join us today to talk about how people can maximize fall, you know, the fall experience in Michigan. And also, Emily, you just wrote a piece, and I'm sure it's the first of many you'll be writing this fall, about fall color too, and how to experience it. I think it was uh, just focused on the UP, which of course uh, gets it first. So first of all, why don't you just tell our listeners um, what you wrote and what you're suggesting in that article and the, the tips for them if they want to get out early because uh, obviously it's probably already starting to turn a little bit in the UP. Sure. Yeah, so uh, every year the County Roads Association of Michigan uh, releases their fall color drives guide. And they used to do it um, just one giant list every fall. Uh, all of the various uh, county road um, organizations around the state uh, come together and list their favorite county roads to drive to see fall color. Um, but this year they're doing it a little bit differently. They're releasing it um, kind of by region weekly. Um, as the weeks go on. And so uh, earlier this week, they released the, the very first list for the UP, um, which makes sense because the UP is the first to get fall color in Michigan. And it's this great list of lesser known roads all across the Upper Peninsula, um, from the west side to the Keweenaw to the east side of um, what uh, their experts think are the prettiest places to go. So um, it's, a, it's always a fun list to me because they're a little bit more off the beaten path. Um, these county roads might not get as much attention as some of like the kind of blockbuster, well-known fall drives around the state. Uh, so if you are antsy to see some fall color, that is absolutely where I'd start this year. Well, when I was, uh, I would go back to the late 80s and early 90s, my father uh, went up to Nagani and opened a bar, well, bought a bar in Nagani. And so it's a haul, if you live down where I live by Ann Arbor, to get to Nagani. But then one day, it was October, or early October, and we went out to Copper Harbor, up the Keweenaw Peninsula. It was just one of the most astounding things that I've, I've ever seen. And I, I grew up uh, for many years living in Northern Michigan by Sheboygan, so I thought I'd seen it, you know. But going through Houghton, and, you know, you get to make that climb outside of Houghton and look down onto Houghton and then go all the way out to Copper Harbor was just astounding. And I would highly recommend that. And I can't off the top of my head tell you what road that is, but there's only one way to get to Copper Harbor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's actually, um, it's uh, actually really well known. I don't, did you do Brockway Mountain Drive? Do you know? Yep. We did that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because the, the entire, um, I think it's 41, uh, US 41 maybe, um, is this, the spine of the Keweenaw Peninsula. And that's actually like uh, on a national list of scenic drives, but there's one portion of it that's nine miles long called Brockway Mountain Drive that is particularly known for being um, stunning year round for scenery, but especially in fall color season, because you get this beautiful overlook over Lake Superior and then um, the kind of rolling hills beneath you. So I, I would venture to guess that that was probably where you guys were. Before we depart the UP, uh, I understand from our morning news budget chat today that there's an article about COVID getting people outside, but it caused the problem in the Porcupine Mountains. Yes, actually, that is my story today. Um, and it just came up as an aside when I was interviewing the park supervisor, uh, Mike Knack, about a week ago. 
um, he happened to mention that uh, since the park uh, campgrounds opened in late June and they had been closed later than usual uh, due to COVID-19, um, they've had <laughs> between June, I think it was 23rd or around there when they opened and through Labor Day weekend, they had 30 search and rescues. For context, all of last year in the calendar year, they had six. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and he said it's largely uh, overexertion, heat exhaustion, and what they call tib-fib fractures um, of the leg. People just biting off more than they can chew. He said <laughs> he had some great stories about seeing people arriving at parking lots for trailheads and pulling out hiking boots still in the box and putting them on <laughs> people taking kayaks off the top of their cars and the tags are still on the kayaks. And so just a lot of people, um, you know, and I, I love it. I love that more people than ever are discovering our beautiful natural resources we have here in the state, but they're often going into it, maybe not quite knowing how to prepare to bring enough water to, you know, maybe break in your hiking boots before you head out there. Um, so that is what he attributes uh, the large number of search and rescues to this year. And it's kind of a, um, a call to readers to, if you're heading out, uh, especially to the Porkies or some wilderness area this fall, because we expect to see a lot of people traveling around the state for this fall, to do a, a little bit better job of preparing so that you don't um, put a drain on the resources that, uh, that the DNR provides. And, and you get outdoors a lot. You have a great Instagram, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, some really great shots. Um, but one thing that most people can probably handle is getting in their car and, and driving uh, around. And uh, the UP is kind of a stretch, but your article, which I will link to in the column, maybe Eric, you can drop it in the show notes totally. um, for the UP, because that, that's coming up, according to Mark Torregrosa, uh, in a few weeks. You know, you got to get up there by the end of September. October, early October is an awesome time in, in the northern lower peninsula. Um you're a pro at this stuff. And there's some iconic drives, obviously. Uh, M119, the Tunnel of Trees, is just, it's a once in a life. Everyone should put that on their bucket list. It's just so amazing. Um, and, you know, out in the Leland Up Peninsula, you can't go wrong. But what your secret list, your bespoke secret Emily Bingham list, where do you, where do you like to go? And what are some, some places that people might want to check out if they're going to stay in the Lower Peninsula? Yeah. Well, um, so in preparing to talk about drives, uh, my two favorites are probably the two most well-known. It would be M22 and then M119, the Tunnel of Trees, um, both in Northwest Lower Michigan. Um, both are stunning. Both can be turned into uh, day trips easily. Like the Tunnel of Trees uh, is only 45 minutes point to point, mm -hmm. but you could easily turn that into a half day or a full day drive with stops along the way. Um, but for secret spots or lesser known spots, uh, just a week or two ago, I published a story about Benzie County as a uh, hidden gem for fall color season. Benzie is the smallest county in Michigan, and it is uh, southwest-ish of uh, Leelanau and Traverse City. Um, so it's not quite as visited uh, as those places, but it has everything that they have to offer as far as natural beauty. It's inland, you've got uh, inland lakes, you have rivers, you have that pastoral beauty um, in between it, the forests. Is that where Empire is? Empire is, is Leelanau, but it's just oh, north okay. of Benzie. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah, Benzie's kind of smack between 
uh, Wielanon and Manistee. Um, it has the southern portion of Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore, uh, which is lesser visited. It has, um, you know, the Leelanau part of Sleeping Bear Dunes has kind of like the, the, the hits, you know, like Empire Bluff Overlook and Sleeping Bear Dunes, um, the dune climb. Um, but there's still some really beautiful trails in the Benzie portion. Uh, Crystal Mountain is in Benzie County and they offer fall chairlift rides in October. Uh, and um, this really beautiful uh, little known spot called Michigan Legacy Art Park, mm. which is actually on the grounds of Crystal Mountain Resort. Um, I think Crystal Mountain leases the land to them for like a dollar a year or something along those lines. It's, it's a nonprofit and it's a, it's a hiking path through the woods, but it is also an art park. So it's, it's like a sculpture gallery outdoors. So you're hiking through these beautiful turning trees, um, but then there are these like big art pieces, sculptural art pieces in the woods. And that's a really fun thing to do, um, especially with kids. So yeah, Benzie's, Benzie's a great spot. Um, well, when I, I had a friend uh, who was an avid fisherman and he talked me into fishing the Crystal River in December for steelhead and did not catch steelhead. Uh, I think I might've got frostbite, um, but I will tell you that is a beautiful little river and uh, I'm not an avid kayaker or anything or canoeer, but I bet, I bet you that, you know, that sort of thing too. And I've been on the Pine River in October in, in Michigan. And when you're on just the solitude and the quiet and the colors, is just, it's just amazing. And I agree with you, um, Benzie, and I, I may be wrong in my counties again, but I think Frankfurt's up there. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's some nice little uh, hot, like little restaurants and, and bars and stuff that you could stop at and, and shops and bakeries and so forth. You're probably linked to all of our Michigan's best stuff too. But Yeah. Brewery, Storm Cloud Brewing is there. Right. Yeah. Right. So the tunnel of trees, you may, I don't know, you have the pro tips, but I'll tell you this. One of the problems I had on M119 is driving and looking at the same time mm-hmm. because the lake is right there too. And it peaks between the trees and you're like, oh, it's the lake. Like I just discovered Lake Michigan. Like, you know, I'm like Pierre Marquette, you know, Father Marquette, you know, in a canoe. I was like, well, look, it's Lake Michigan over there. Yeah. And I just kept kept doing that, you know. And so are there any scenic turnoffs or places you could you would recommend people stop or, or, or just a way to take it in that you can so you don't just blow through there and you actually get to see the, the best of it? Yeah. Um, well, one in any time other than a pandemic here, my pro tip for seeing and driving the tunnel of trees is to go with a friend who's already done it and to make them drive. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you idea. can you can look out the window and you know they've been there, done that. Um, but yeah, there's actually lots of little spots to stop along uh, the tunnel of trees drive. Favorite of mine is called Thorn Swift Nature Preserve. Um, it is a small nature preserve. It's really easy to miss. Um, so make sure you check out the directions online before you try to go. It's on the west side of the road. Um, and uh, I think there is a small fee, um, maybe $5 um, uh, to go through it, but it's great for families. I don't know if their little uh, nature hut is open, but they have like a little educational center on the property. Uh, and then these really beautiful, short, so easily doable trails through um, wetlands, through a cedar forest, through, I just remember this, uh, the last time I was there was fall, beautiful clearing um, full of mint. And there were just tons of monarchs um, dipping down 
to get the nectar from the mint flowers. And then you pass through this forest and you're on this beautiful wild stretch of Lake Michigan beach. So you get gorgeous Lake Michigan blue, um, but then you also get the turning trees um, on the hike out there. So that's a great spot to stop. Um, and then another like less known uh, area is called Middle Village. It's actually a historic Odawa settlement um, and the site of a early uh, 1800s or late 1700s, I think, a Jesuit mission. Um, there is a church there that's on the National Historic Register. It's this beautiful old white church and um, a historic uh, Odawa burial grounds. And then there's a, um, a footpath down to uh, the water as well. And that's just like, it's, there's, it's very quiet. It's very peaceful. It's beautiful. You can kind of feel um, the weight of history there. And it's a great spot to just stop and walk around and, and learn a few things about Michigan history and take it in before um, getting back on the road again. Yeah, and you had mentioned M22 in Leelanau County, which, I mean, beginners, if you just want to go somewhere that's pretty amazing in October, um, just go up in Leelanau County. And one thing about, and you can't go wrong on M22, you just you ride all the way up to Northport and go through Leland and Seafish Town and all that. But, you know, you could blunder your way in Leelanau County to a great color trip, because I've done it. I've been over at uh, in Omina at... Um, the, the winery, what's that winery? Uh, uh, maybe it be Leelanau Cellars, maybe? I maybe. There's so many, I have a hard time keeping but track of it's them. it's where bar is. And, you know, yeah, okay. I, growing up, my dad was a bar owner, so all my landmarks are, are taverns. So, um, <laughs> but if you just say, if you just say, I'm in Omina and I want to get to Glen Arbor to go to Arts Bar, of course, uh, and you just GPS it, you're going to see some amazing, you're going to come around hills and bluffs and you're going to make turn a curve and you're going to go, wow. <laughs> yes, and, and some of these wineries are up on bluffs and hills. And if you go and wine on a wine tasting tour there, um, you're going to be able to just see from the grounds um, great, you know, great views. And we haven't even talked about Old Mission Peninsula yet. If if you want to do that over in Traverse City, but uh, what about the the other side of the state or, or little known parts of the state? Because we do have forests and trees and, and things all over and. My trip over Labor Day weekend was Tawas, uh, West Branch, um, and, and that's a little less traveled or a little less heralded part of the state. Mm-hmm. Do you have any good ideas for folks uh, who are on that side of the state or want to go that way? Apologize for my dog barking. Hang on one second. Hey, it's it's COVID era podcasting. <laughs> yeah, we had we had one where a doorbell rang and a. Amazon package was delivered. So (laughs) (laughs) this is real life. Yeah. um, So the east side of the state, I love the east side because um, it doesn't get as much traffic as the the northwest side. Uh, So if you're looking for last minute getaways, whether it be for camping or an Airbnb, you're more likely to find it over there. Um, last fall, I took a, a last minute trip with a couple girlfriends to an off the grid cabin, um, just south of Alpena in the middle of nowhere. And it was stunning. We hiked in the Huron Manistee National Forest. Um, it was just, it was so unexpectedly beautiful. And a lot of people just don't, don't think of it, um, and don't consider it. So I would definitely put that on a list of places to check out, uh, for drives you have, um, I think it's uh, River Road National Scenic Byway mm-hmm. is over there. Um, it skirts the Osable for 22 miles. Um, I have not done it myself, but it's supposed to be absolutely spectacular. 
And uh, there's a great, a uh, couple great overlooks along the way, including Merman's Monument, um, which has some Michigan history information there as well. Um, and then, you know, I have to give a shout out. In my backyard is this great spot uh, called uh, Pinckney Waterloo Recreation Area. It's actually two recreation areas. Um, Waterloo, Waterloo Recreation Area is, I have it in my notes here, 20,000 acres and Pinckney Recreation Area is 11,000 acres. And they're uh, basically next door to each other joined by a 30 mile hiking trail. And it is absolutely spectacular in the fall. Um, there's these tamarack bogs that you can hike out to on boardwalk trails. And I don't know if you're familiar with tamarack trees, but they turn this glorious yeah. color of like burnt gold uh, in autumn. And it's just different than we think of when we think of that like quintessential postcard sweeping overlook with the maple trees in the fall. Um, mm -hmm. But there's never anybody out there. Uh, Hell, Michigan is in that area, mm -hmm. which is a great spot to stop. It's quirky. It's fun. Um, there's a great little uh, bar and restaurant there where you can get lunch. And the, the drives are just beautiful. They're these undulating glacial carved hills, all part of the Huron River Valley. And um, yeah, I would like if you're looking, if you're in the southeast Michigan area and you want to take a day trip and you don't want to drive too far, that is a great spot. One low impact way um, to see fall colors, too, is if you go north, because I, I just did it. But if you're a golfer, um, they have there's some such beautiful terrain. If you go to Gaylord, if you go to Lewiston, if you go to Tawas, if you go to anywhere around Petoskey, um, these are great pieces of land and you're going to, you know, it's pretty easy. You're driving in a golf cart, sipping a beer, <laughs> it's a little, little lower impact than kayaking or something, but um, you're golfers too. It's a perfect time to go. I would just recommend not using um, your orange or green colored balls. I'd use white balls in the fall. You're never going to find them. <laughs> Trust me. I know I don't, where I hit them, I don't find them anyways. Um, but Emily, you're, you're an outdoors uh, woman and you you do a lot outdoors so what for Michigan you know obviously most people listening to this are from Michigan but for people who who really are missing out who haven't really partaken of the outdoor what it offers you know where would you start with people and what are the, some of the things that you love to do uh well um hiking is always a great entry point I think because it's just walking and I think some people hear the word hike and they think it's going to be this incredibly strenuous activity with mountains involved. And in Michigan, especially the lower part of the state, um, you know, you might get like a steep hill every once in a while. But overall, it is generally easy. You can go at whatever pace feels good to you. Uh, and you can do trails that are short, just like a mile or two um, to get your feet wet before doing longer hikes. Um, it's a great entry point for people uh, just kind of getting started. Um, I'd also say this time of year, and this is, uh, something really a lot of people don't think about is bird watching, hmm. which, uh, we are in fall migration season. So we have all these birds that were here for the summer now leaving and flying South, but that includes birds much farther North of us. Um, you know, who spent the summer in Canada or the upper peninsula, they're all flying overhead. And, um, so you get to see birds that maybe weren't here in the summertime, but are passing through. It's a really special time of year for anyone who's into birding. And all you need to bird is 
you know, your walking shoes and maybe a pair of binoculars mm -hmm. and you don't have to go very far. Uh, you can even just go to like parks nearby, but it's a great way to spend time outside. It's sort of like a treasure hunt. Um, and, uh, and you really learn a lot about, um, areas that maybe you'd like taken for granted that are in your own backyard. And suddenly you're seeing it differently because you're looking for these small creatures just flying through, um, and uh, one other activity I'd say that's great this time of year, that's fairly easy entry point is um, canoeing and kayaking. Hmm. As long as you are not out, say, on Lake Superior hmm. um, or a particularly swift river, um, you know, if you find an easier river, like, say, um, some portions of the Manistee, for example, are really slow. Uh, and even for people who are familiar with um, some rivers, maybe you have a favorite that you like to tube in the summertime, it's going to be a completely different looking experience in the fall. And it's so beautiful. It's, it's a uh, lovely, peaceful and different way to experience fall colors. Um, you can get some friends or, or your family. It's, you can be socially distanced in kayaks. Um, but that's uh, another way to, to I think, um, foster uh, appreciation of the outdoors. That's that's not too difficult because um, with outfitters, you just show up, you know, you make your reservation and they explain how it works and, mm -hmm. and out you go. Yeah, there's some of my favorites I had mentioned. The pine, it can be a little swift, but it's beautiful. Um, Manistee is a great one. Osable uh, is beautiful canoeing. And a little known one that, that I've been on and it might surprise you because it's in the middle of flat land with a lot of farm around it, but it's the Chippewa River between Mount Pleasant and Midland. It's a very winding river that goes through woods. It's very beautiful and it's like beginner level. I can I can attest to that. Um, obviously, Michigan, board, the Boardman, um, uh, Traverse City, and I think it even stops at some brew pubs which yep. is a little added bonus. <laughs> yeah. And we have the Huron, you know, in, uh, in I live just north of Ann Arbor, but in the Ann Arbor area, the Huron River, um, there's multiple put-in places. Um, so you can bring your own uh, canoe or kayak. Um, but there's plenty of outfitters on rivers around the state too. If you've never done it before and you just want somebody to say, here's, you know, we will drop you off. Here's the equipment, you know, bring your snacks and go. Right. And I'm not an avid biker, but I have friends who are and they, they love biking in the fall too. There's so many great trails. There's the Cal Haven trail that goes from Kalamazoo to South Haven. I think it's about 30, 35 miles. Um, that goes right to, I mean, you end up, you can end up at the beach or a brew pub. <laughs> well, and, and John, they just put in last year, the Lake to Lake. So you can go to both great lakes from Kalamazoo to the other side of the state, which is awesome too. Right. Read a piece about the Betsy river trail, which is up as uh, we were talking about up by Benzie, I believe. And so uh, I'm not sure that, are you a biker? I am a biker. I actually really, this is the year that I really got into cycling. Um, you know, I guess in part, thanks to social distancing, it's a fun way to get exercising, be outside. And if you go with friends, you're not, I mean, you can't be closer than six feet to each other really. Um, so I've been spending a lot of time on my road bike, but I know mountain bikers love this time of year as well. Cause the temperatures are better. The forests are beautiful. Um, I, I just like to go on roads around where I live. Um, but when I'm up North, a favorite is uh, the little Traverse wheelway, which goes from Charlevoix to Petoskey and it follows the, uh, the little Traverse Bay and it's just beautiful. Wow. Oh and Charlevoix goodness. and Petoskey are both just cool towns anyways. So the one thing about drive, driving or being around Petoskey is you, you know, you're on the road and you're like, well, this is pretty. And you round a bend or you come up over a hill and all of a sudden, boom, right. You hit Lake, Lake Michigan and just gorgeous scenery and stuff. And 
I want to go back and self-edit myself because I, I, I said that uh, Emily's a biker, but I don't think she was at the Sturgis rally. I, <laughs> people who ride bicycles are cyclists and people who ride motorcycles are bikers, which is one of, one of those weird, you know, paradoxes. But. <laughs> Well, but I mean, I, and I, I know shouldn't nothing. assume maybe you wear leather and hop on a hog. I <laughs> don't knows? know. Well, I, I mean, I myself don't ride motorcycles, um, but fall is an awesome time of year for people who love to ride motorcycles. Um, and that part of the state I was mentioning earlier, Hell, Michigan is a just a huge, hugely popular uh, with bikers um, mm. because the, the, you know, the roads are like all 55 mile, miles an hour and they're scenic and, um, you can just get lost on those back roads. One other thing, Emily, you've written about, and I think you have some knowledge about, is uh, lodging options for people. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've slept on the ground in tents and yurts and elevated tents and, right? You <laughs> yes. pretty, pretty versatile Airbnbs yep. and Done probably even a hotel once in a while. And yes. <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you have any tips for people with, uh, planning ahead for lodging or, or really what's too late to get in a campground or anything like that? Sure. <clears throat> well, I, I believe that it's never too late. <laughs> you just might have to adjust expectations. Um, I mean, starting with Airbnbs, if you wanted a great waterfront Airbnb and a really popular destination, the time to book that was like three months ago. Okay. Uh, but that doesn't mean there's not still great places to find nearby. So you might have to be uh, not right in downtown Glen Arbor, um, but maybe a little bit inland uh, looking in places like say Cedar, for example, mm -hmm. which is also a really cute little town. Um, uh, also just trying on different places for size that you'd never been to. Like we talked about earlier, uh, east side of the state is lesser visited than the Northwest side. Um, but maybe this is the year if all the places that you wanted are booked to check out a, a new location um, or be willing to drive a little bit farther for the day trips. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my I guess that's my insight for for Airbnb um, camping. Uh, there's actually a cool new thing this year uh, that the DNR just started doing um, every Saturday. And I don't know how long into the season this is going to go, but they are publishing um, a list. Uh, well, a map, actually, of campgrounds that have midweek availability. So hmm. lots of people think of, you know, September, October as like got to go out on the weekends. But if you can, in this work from home year that we have, manage to scoot away for a couple days midweek, the DNR is making that easier for folks to see campgrounds that have campsites and or um, some of their overnight lodging, like yurts and camper cabins available midweek. So um, the DNR sends out that email uh, every Saturday. They also post it to their Facebook page. So if you want to camp and you want to find some last minute availability, you can look for that. Um, and, and same with the Airbnbs. If the campground that you really wanted to go to on an amazing weekend in September is booked up, just look around because there's not only state park campgrounds, but we also have beautiful state forest campgrounds mm -hmm. that are lesser known because they don't have some of the amenities that state parks have. Like you might not have a shower available. There might just be a pit latrine, but if you're willing to, um, have a more rustic experience. You'll actually have fewer campground neighbors. Um, you're guaranteed to have the place a little bit more to yourself. And, uh, and it's a great bears. way to discover new places. And <laughs> Bear, bears. We don't bears. want to scare people. <laughs> <laughs> they just want your snacks. They want nothing to do with you. <laughs> in winter, you can even camp in the winter in Michigan, can't you? Absolutely, yes. There's uh, plenty of campgrounds that stay open year-round. And there's some that... Um, 
have lodging when you're around like like yurts and uh i've never stayed in a yurt but it seems like a really fun comfortable way to mm. have a unique experience um with a friend or a partner or your kids um and i've done actually a couple stories on that i can send you guys uh the links to those places that offer winter camping um for readers to see in the show notes sure i would give a pro tip i learned when i was a boy scout we we had to go out on winter camp you know, and I lived in Sheboygan at the time, so we had a lot of snow. So we had to go like dig, you know, it was four feet of snow. We had to dig out this little area where we were kind of pitch our tent. You know, actually we had to use, make it like a lean to. <laughs> so um, I was wearing snowmobile boots that had felt liners in them and they had gotten kind of sweaty during the day and stuff. So I thought I'm going to put them by the fire to dry out, oh, no. you, you know? And so <laughs> I forgot, I went, we went to the sleeping bags and I went to, I forgot to go out back out and get them. So the felt liners froze together in the morning, <laughs> in the morning, I couldn't put my boots back on. Oh, so no. I, I did not get my merit badge for winter, <laughs> for winter camping. <laughs> That's the last time I slept in snow drift. <laughs> Hopefully the last time ever. So Emily, if we all want to be good neighbors and good citizens and good tourists, what are some of the do's and don'ts for uh, people going North? Uh, this fall, what would you suggest? That's a great question specifically this year because um, it breaks my heart to say, but we've heard some really terrible stories about uh, tourists behaving badly at establishments up north, um, really giving uh, bartenders and servers um, grief over the mask mandates that they all have by state law. Um, So I would just start by saying, you know, everybody just wants you to have a great time. Um, tourist towns, they know that they um, thrive with your money <laughs> and your time. And so they want you to have a good experience. Um, so be polite, abide by social distancing rules, um, be kind and understanding if say there's a longer wait time for something um, and just be a good person, I guess. Um, And uh, aside from that, um, one thing that I think a lot of people don't think about, especially when they're driving, is the roads that are beautiful that you like to drive. Cyclists also like to Mm. bike because they are beautiful. So really be mindful of cyclists on the road and give them a wide berth um, as much as you can, or if you can't, slow way down um, just to keep everybody safe. Um, Especially on the Tunnel of Trees, it's a really popular uh, roadway for Mm -hmm. cyclists. Right. So just take your time. Well, and to go back to my Boy Scout experience, uh, we had a, a rule that when we were camping is to leave it better than you found it. So don't leave with your don't you leave your human footprints all over the places you go. I'm really glad you brought that up because um, in many of the interviews I've done late this summer with um, park supervisors, uh, both at our national park properties and our state park properties, they said there's really been some bad behavior as far as um, packing in, packing out with garbage. Um, people creating what's called social trails, uh, which are off trail pathways, um, say to get to like maybe another overlook or something, but that damages um, the ecosystems in those areas. So yes, absolutely. Being not just a good neighbor, but a good steward of um, these natural spaces is really important. One, one last thing, just to go back to something you said earlier this summer, when the uh, COVID phases were, were stepped down, immediately we had an outbreak in, around Traverse City from these wine parties that come from Southern Michigan. And they pack into these tour buses and they go from winery to winery. 
And so please people, um, you know, I was just, like I said, I was just up North and I probably saw more don't tread on me flags than I saw masks, but you're, it's really not about your freedoms. I mean, you're free. It's a free country, but it's about being respectful to other people and the environment that you're in. So hopefully as people go North, they'll, they'll you know, to quote the late, great Rodney King, you know, why can't we all just get along? Um, you know, respect other people's space and, and let's, let's all join Northern Michigan together this fall. Amen. So, hey, thank you very much, Emily, for joining us. Some great tips. It's great to see you again as our as our first two-time guest. Yeah. Uh, and it just shows how versatile you are. So I look forward to whatever third great thing you do that brings <laughs> you on to Behind the Headlines. Um, and thanks again to my co-host, Eric Culcran, and uh, we'll see you all next week. And there they go. A big thanks to John Heiner, of course, and to Emily Bingham for joining the show. The first time a guest has been on twice on Behind the Headlines. If you like what we're doing here, it's easy to help us out. Put us in a playlist on Spotify, like and subscribe anywhere else that you get your podcasts. And if you really like what we're doing, make sure you share it with a friend. Till next time, my name is Eric Hulkerin, his name is John Heiner, and this is Behind the Headlines.